Hey, you're listening to an Upbeat Rewind featuring Peyton Wilfley on September 23rd, 2019. Peyton's actually my cousin, and at the time of this interview, we were both in college and had a bunch of our own little side projects going on, so a lot of the things you hear in this episode might not be what we're working on anymore. The principles still definitely apply. One of my personal favorite moments in this podcast is when Peyton was breaking down just how much time we actually have to work on things during the day. It's amazing. It's a really cool breakdown, and there's so many other little golden nuggets like that as well. So have fun listening. You're listening to an Upbeat Rewind featuring Peyton Wilfley. This is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker K. All right, so I'm not in the studio today. I'm outside on a college campus. I don't know if you guys can tell that. We'll see in a little bit, I guess. But I'm outside. I brought the podcast outside to Peyton Wilfley. Peyton, how's it going, man? It's going It's going pretty splendid, man. How are you doing? Doing good. You should tell the listeners a little bit about our connection. So Parker and I are actually cousins. Boom! Yeah, we're cousins here, and I've actually never met him a day in my life until today. <laughs> Literally, we've been uh, friends on Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that, and then replying to each other's stories, and then he just saw that saw that what I've been doing and just said, hey, dude, I'd love to have you on the podcast sometime, and then I took him up on that offer, and then... It happened to be pretty coincidental that I was going to a wedding this weekend and just worked out. So, wedding up here in Idaho. So, yeah, it all worked out. And I'm happy he's here. Happy to meet him. Happy to meet <laughs> you. <laughs> Go ahead and tell the listeners, too, a little bit more about yourself and what it is you do um, and maybe about the app you just created. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, like Parker said, my name's Peyton, Peyton Wilfley, and I, uh, I created an app actually called FOMOS. Um, it stands for the fear of missing out solved. It's a free app on the app store. Go download it. It's basically a centralized location of um, basically I've always gone whenever I go to a new area and I'm, um, for instance, I moved to Georgia for a summer, did summer sales there one time. And I always looked up like online, like what to do in Macon. And there was absolutely nothing online. It was just go to a few restaurants or maybe go see a movie or something like that. Nothing, nothing uh, extensive. And so I came up with the idea to create a centralized location to where no matter where you are, you can see non-location specific ideas of just, you know, go have an outdoor movie night or um, if you're going on a date, you know, you can go do X, Y, and Z, go recreate a TV show date idea, something like that. So I wanted it to be a centralized location for non-area specific, but then also upcoming uh, feature that we're adding to where you can have it location specific as well to where you have like a mile radius that you can say, well, have people in this area posted so you can know what local people want to do in that area, not just what Yelp says to go spend your money at, but, you know, local things like, you know, go to this spot at this lake. It's really good for fishing or, you know, whatever, something like that. Or um, this is this park is really good that, you know, we love we love playing Ultimate Frisbee here. You know, whatever. Just seeing what local people say there is to do, the, you know, you want to hear from the best source. So Awesome. So what kind of sparked that idea? I just got done playing. I played a couple of years of college football in Sacramento at a junior college out there. And then I moved and transferred to BYU Provo. And I was kind of burnt out of football. So I kind of half-heartedly tried out. But I mean, I, I put my full effort in, but I didn't make it as a quarterback, which was what I was. And so I kind of was so burnt out that I didn't keep trying to chase that dream, especially mm-hmm. since I wasn't getting paid for it. I was like, I need to start making some money. I'm broke. <laughs> yeah. And so I was in an intro to entrepreneurship class and my professor said, hey, uh, so today you guys are going to get in groups and you guys are just going to brainstorm random ideas. You guys don't have to pick a business or start a business right now, but just throw out ideas, good, bad ideas, anything, just write them all down. And then while we're in a group, a girl who's in my group who I served a mission around, 
uh, from my church for the Church of Jesus Christ um, of Latter-day Saints. And she just turned to me. She goes, hey, Peyton, I want to set you up on a blind date with my roommate. She's really cute. So I was like, all right, cool. And I was like, well, what if there's like a blind dating app? And it's a terrible concept. Like <laughs> no, no one wants to meet up online with someone who they don't know. And so it's got a sketch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I figured that out after I tried to do a uh, blind dating experiment out there at BYU. So got it. Didn't work out. Literally no one. Like I got like, <laughs> I got like 30 people to, to hesitantly sign up for it. And then when I texted them, I was like, because we love you, Peyton, we'll try. Well, it, it was just strange. It was strangers too. So, oh, okay. and then when I put them in the group chats going, Hey, you guys have been paired up together. And they're like, sorry, dude, wrong number. I was like, okay, people really don't want to do this. So I was like, okay. Yeah. And then I'll instead I'll create a dating app. You know, that'll just fix all the problems of guys complaining about girls, you know, being non-committal on there. They'd make plans and then bail on them or something like that. And girls complain about guys being creeping, you know, creeps on there. So, decided to create a dating app that'd fix that. And when I was validating that, you know, sitting down at tables at lunch and, you know, just saying, hey, I have, a, I have an idea that I want to run by you. Mm-hmm. And I'd run it by people. Nothing was like, there was no exciting response at all with that. I was like, gosh, dang, dude, like, this is really tough. I'm, I need to come up with a good idea here. Yeah. And so... But the feature of that app, of that dating app, was a local user-suggested date idea feature. And so, when I said that to people, I was like showing them all the features. Like, that was the only feature to where I saw their physical response of like an eyebrow raise. Like, ooh, all right, that's cool. And then <laughs> the rest was like, eh, sure, sure, yeah. yeah, I guess. And so, I realized, I'm like, okay, people want ideas of things to do. They don't necessarily, at least not at BYU, they weren't struggling to find people to do the ideas with. They just wanted ideas of things to do. And so, that's, that's where uh, FOMO started to really... Um, you know, get narrowed down into what it is today. Well, thanks for the breakdown, man. That's yeah. awesome. Everyone should definitely go download it. Uh, FOMOS on any app store, right? Yeah, yeah. Google Play, App Store. That's so cool, dude. Yeah. Okay, so let's dive into your life a little bit mm-hmm. to you. What are the things you're passionate about? And like, do you remember a time when it really clicked for you? Like, okay, this is what I'm passionate about. And this is the direction I'm headed. I'd say my passions are kind of, I mean, I played football for 12 years. I was a quarterback for eight of those 12 years, um, starting, I think seventh grade year. Yeah. Seventh grade. That was where I started getting, you know, acknowledging, recognizing leadership abilities that I had, you know, just, Mm-hmm. I liked the ability of leading by example. And that by that example, then people would actually listen to what I had to say after I proved my worth by my example. Yeah. And so playing, doing that, playing quarterback in uh, high school and everything like that got me really used to being in a leadership role. And then I played in a couple of years in college um, as well at quarterback at the um, American River College in Sacramento. I eventually lost my love for football then um, just because it became a lot more of a job. I'd work my butt off, but but still ride the bench and sometimes even though, you know, the previous game I got in the game and threw for three touchdowns and, you know, help us win the game. But I was like, okay, the, well, this is stupid. I'm tired of relying on another adult's opinion of me to succeed, you know, to have an opportunity to even succeed. I think it's all politics and you're not in control of any of it. Exactly, exactly. I was starting to, in high school, I was, you know, I was a man. It's kind of easy to be the, the guy at a high school because, you know, if they, no one else tries out, if they hear that, you know, Peyton's a quarterback type of thing. And then mm-hmm. when I go to college, it's now me and a few other guys who are also the guys at their high school. And so now we're all competing and then it's all about who the coaches want to, they kind of, the coaches have a vision of how they're going to succeed that year. And if you're not in that vision, then you're on the, you're in the, you're in the vision, but you're in the, you're on the <laughs> sideline signaling in the plays to the, to the starter. And so that's where I really gained my love for the, um, for being independent, um, in what I want to do in life. And so that's once I decided to move on from that and start working, 
that I realized I really hate having a boss too. Like I feel like a 12 year old child, like for instance, at BYU, my first year, I was living in a shared room and we had a cleaning checks and everything like that. So I felt I was like a legit, like a 12 year old waiting for my mom's permission to go outside and play. And so I really hated that. And then having a, having a boss who, who like cared what time I came into work, obviously, I mean, I understand why they care, but, um, <laughs> yeah. but like, but you know, whether, where they penalize you, if you're late, or if you need to leave early, you have to ask permission and all stuff. I'm like, I don't feel like an adult. Um, what have I, <laughs> I've been living my whole life just to keep answering to other, other human beings. And so, although I understand that, you know, I do understand the, you know, authority and stuff like that, but just me, myself, I'm like, I, I, I'm tired of living to try to please someone else. I want to, I'd rather live to, you know, live my own life the way I want to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand, you know, when you start a business, you have to please many, many people with a product or with a service or something like that, but it's not a asking a superior for permission, you know, type of thing. I, I do yeah. really get tired of that, you know, especially on the mission after a while. I mean, I wasn't a bad missionary. I stayed, stayed obedient the whole time, but you know, it just mm-hmm. got really tired of you know, doing the phone call. Hey, can we go out of our area? There's a store that we want to go to. Like, I don't know. I just, <laughs> it's just that it's just, uh, you know, there's a sequence of things in my life that led up to me getting, becoming tired of being an employee, being just another one of another one under someone who's under someone who's under someone. I, I wanted to be, start something and see if I can, it's kind of like, I like the project part of it as well. So, okay. So your passion is leadership. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'd say I say leadership, being a part of something, having a big, having a big say in what happens, and, and, and influence. Yeah. So leadership and like positive influence. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. Like that's a unique one too. Like there's not very many people that say that, and I think a lot of people too they confuse w- like what I mean when I ask them what they're passionate about, and not any of the previous guests, but that's a question I ask everyone like mm-hmm. in my life. Like, yeah. <laughs> like if you, if I'm sitting next to you waiting for, you know, a bus, then I'm going to ask you <laughs> what you're passionate about. I just ask everyone that. And I think it leads to deeper conversations. That's true. Yeah. That was a good question. Um, good icebreaker. I don't know. I love that question, but a lot of the time I ask people and they're like, Oh, I'm passionate about the church mm-hmm. or, Oh, I'm passionate about my family. And it's like, that's great. You know, I'm glad you love them. I'm glad you're passionate about them. But like, what do you love doing? I'm talking mm. about that kind of passion. Mm. Like, what are you passionate about? What do you want to do the rest of your life? And you would do it for free because you love it so much, right? And most people go completely blank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're just like, oh, shoot. <laughs> like, I've never thought of it that way before. But luckily, I haven't had any guests do that. Usually, the guests are yeah. like, okay, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I want to do this, <laughs> and this is what I'm doing, you yeah. know? And you, for you, it's leadership and influence and having a big impact in people's lives and having a big say in what what happens, and that's yeah. cool. And we need we need that. And I don't think I've interviewed someone that has had that same passion as you. Yeah. So that's oh, awesome. Thanks. That's cool. That's awesome. Did you ever see yourself making an app? No, I never even saw myself starting a business until I took that entrepreneurship class, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of funny. It's kind of ironic. That entrepreneurship class is also what inspired me to drop out of college too. So <laughs> yeah, I bet that happens a lot. Yeah. Well, I, and then I took a few more, like a, like a couple more semesters after that. And then I had another entrepreneurship class where the, I had a recording on my phone as a professor. You're just going, you know, if you guys are really serious about being entrepreneurs, you guys should just drop out. Like if you guys are really serious because you don't need a degree to hire yourself. I'm like, he has a very valid point. Yeah. And yeah, it's true. So, but yeah, no, I never saw myself doing this. I, if you talk to pre-mission Peyton, 
Um, my eyes were like a hypnotic swirl talking about football. Just that was my goal. I had no, no backup plan. And so luckily I found a backup plan that is, you know, one that is, it's a backup plan within a backup plan. Cause if you fail one business, then cool, start another, then another, then another. So it's like, yeah, it's kind of, it, it's, uh, helps you feel like you don't ever, like you've never really failed because you can always succeed the next time. So. One of my previous episodes I really love is with Paul Edwards. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you checked that one out, but it was cool. He talks about how life is an ascending spiral, not mm-hmm. linear progressions. Yeah. No, that quote does sound familiar. I've listened to that one. Okay, then. cool. Yeah, yeah. I love that whole concept. You just brought it up too, just because it's like you can fail, 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 but you never have to start over. Mm-hmm. Like you're constantly just yeah. learning more and more and more that's going to help you somehow, some way, eventually. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, exactly. I've learned so much just doing this one business right here. Um, and so, you know, if I, hopefully this one succeeds, hopefully I'm a, I'm a one-stop shop of success here, but you know, (laughs) statistically I won't, but you know, you make your own, you make your own, your own odds. But, um, yeah. So if, even if this does fail and I've, I'm now I've lost all the money that I put into it or I break, even if I just sell the code, you know, the coding to some other, you know, aspiring company or whatever, Mm -hmm. then I still learned tons of stuff very applicable life lessons and stuff like that too. So what kind of things have you learned? I'd say the number one thing is understanding, accepting and, um, filling your weaknesses with people who that's their strength. So for instance, the weakness, I, my brain just cannot wrap around code. I tried to learn how to code myself. Mm-hmm. I probably <laughs> tried to learn for like 40 minutes watching all these intro videos and YouTube and everything that, like that. And it's just, I felt like an old man trying to learn how to use a TV remote. It was just like, over my head just <laughs> is bad. And so, um, I can that's what relate to that. Yeah. So I, I found, I found people who knew how to code people who knew how to, um, communicate code so that they can go, you know, working with, you know, outsourced, um, cheaper foreign developers and so that they can negotiate with them. And I may, I might be paying a little extra because I have someone who's helping me out with that, but mm-hmm. overall it's making it so I don't have a bad app given to me. Cause you know, some, some developer out there is just trying to cut corners and so I can have someone who they make up for my weakness of not knowing how to code or um, another thing would be you know legal stuff I am I have no clue what to do on legal stuff but luckily I just found some a few people who know and so they just you know give me a little bit of a walkthrough on what to do what process to start who to go to who to talk to so I'd say the biggest lesson is understanding weaknesses and just accepting it and not not being hard on yourself and trying to force yourself to make those strengths and just I'd say the strength overall would be to find people to where that's already their strength and network that way. I like that a lot. Do you listen to Gary Vee at all? I've heard that name before, but I haven't listened to him. No. Oh, okay. So Gary Vee is someone, a super huge entrepreneur guy all over the internet pretty mm-hmm. much. And I've been following him for a few years, but with what you just said, he says something really similar. It's just like, know your strengths, know your weaknesses and accept that that's what it is and don't try to change it. Just try to, you know, find a way around the weaknesses and like totally put everything you have into what your strengths are. Mm -hmm. And then he ties that to finding your passion and pursuing something because it's like, are you good at that Mm -hmm. (laughs) or are you bad at that? Because it's going to be a lot easier to pick a passion that you love and are interested in that you are already pretty good at Mm -hmm. and then just put everything you have into it. Yeah. And then some things, no matter how hard you try, you're just never going to get there. 
mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and it's just in our DNA. And that's what he says. It's in our DNA. And then he uses his son as an example and himself as an example about how they're short and how they're never going to dunk a basketball, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he will never be LeBron James, but. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you got to have that self-awareness where you're like, okay, what am I good at? What am I bad at? What should I really put everything into? And what should I just kind of leave to other people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that concept. Yeah, I've, I've heard that analogy before about the basketball thing. Like, hey, I was just, I was born 5'6". You know, I'm not 5'6". But, <laughs> you, you know. Born 5'6"? You know, born <laughs> just born to be five, Yeah, that, I feel bad for that guy's mom. Holy crap. Um, no, you know, you know, but, you know, you're born the way you are and there's just some stuff that you'll just never be able to do. And yeah. so, yeah. True. Gotta accept that. Uh, so, with running your app, what's your favorite part about it? I really enjoy when people ask me, hey, how's it going? Because it's like, how's the app going? Because it shows Mm -hmm. that people are aware, they care. Um, And so I like the fact that, you know, you can build a support group. I like the support group that I have with it kind of thing. Like people are care about how it's going. I have friends Mm -hmm. that just, I don't like, I I printed up like 3,800 flyers, right? And um, they all had too much of a white trim around it. Like it was, I pay, I went for, I went the cheap route and I was like, okay, I'll just save myself money and I'll cut the trim myself. Yeah. And then, um, you know, save myself like a hundred bucks or something like that. And so, um, then I had just a couple of friends come over and they I was like cutting it and they just grabbed scissors and started cutting it with me without even like asking. I was like, I don't know. I just, I just love it. Cause it shows, it's really shown me just running this app shows me who's really, you know, naturally charitable or who do you have to really ask for help and stuff like that. So, um, that's one of my favorite things is, you know, it can kind of help reveal true friends and stuff like that. Um, business side of things, it's pretty cool having a business technically. I mean, is it a business if I haven't made any money yet? But, you know, um, you know, it's pretty cool having something to where it's like, that's mine. That's my brainchild. I started that. There was literally, I didn't Zuckerberg anyone. I didn't steal anyone, steal it from anyone or anything like that. I was just like, that's mine. And I, yeah. I've seen it through to this point right now. So that's probably the coolest part. My favorite part. That's true, man. I never looked at it that way. Yeah. What kind of cool things have happened, uh, since, starting your app like have people like had really cool experiences i haven't heard any user experiences yet we don't have a huge user base i think i'm, I'm at about um 1500 profiles right now on there and mm-hmm. you know sometimes people make a profile and then never go on again and you know statistics you know stats like that but experiences i've had so far like just meeting the people that i've met to try to do this like i there's this youtube group that i really wanted to partner up with called yes theory they're the whole concept of their show is trying new things getting out of your comfort zone and that's kind of like the concept of my app is here's some new things that you didn't know about go do them and so i really wanted to partner up with them and then so i drove out to la one time when they said hey we're doing a meetup tomorrow so i just on a whim w- with my friends just turned around in the car <laughs> for going to a movie night and we all just drove to la that night so dang and so like doing that um i met i'm you know i met yes theory and promoted and you know pitched the app to them and started i was emailing their manager for a few weeks after that and then mm-hmm. they wanted too much equity in the company to, in order to even you know conceptually partner up with me they're like you know we they wanted too much and so um 58 percent they, they said they said they said we wouldn't consider anything less than 40 and that'd be a starting i'm like holy cow i'm like yeah yeah no um at least not right now if i get desperate then i'll come back to you but do you love the show shark tank i love it okay i was gonna say that literally sounds like the yeah. exact situation of shark tank like them saying 40 percent you'd be like oh man that's yeah, hard is it worth it it's i mean it's true i mean if if Mark Cuban wanted 40% of my business, I'd probably consider it because he'd make it, he for sure just having <laughs> his name associated to it. But right. they wanted 40% because I was just trying to do a shout out on one of their, on one of their profile or one of their videos. And they wanted 40% just to do a shout out because they're like, yeah, it didn't, didn't make sense at all. It was, and I'm the cockroach as, as, uh, as what's his name? Kevin O'Leary says, I'm the cockroach, right? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm the nobody right now. But 
at the same time, they're not huge in the business world either to where they deserve that much. Yeah. Um, but anyways, and then I, you know, th- when I went down there, I met, um, or I didn't meet, but I saw the girlfriend of one of them. That's what the video was focused around was like him mm-hmm. asking her to be his girlfriend. So I messaged her on Instagram and said, hey, like she's actually the youngest person in the world to travel to every single country. She just officially in June stepped foot into North Korea. And so I messaged her. I was like, hey, I really want to, uh, I'd love to have you do a shout out for FOMOS. How much does it cost? So I paid her and she did it before she was the youngest person. She only mm-hmm. had she only had like 40,000 followers back then, but now she has like 300,000. And so I'm still working with her and she already just did a pa- shout out for me this last week and everything like that. And I mean, I met her. So I, that was cool. It's cool to meet her. Cool to meet some of the, some of the yesterday guys and um, just, yeah, meeting some people who I normally wouldn't have met if I didn't have ambitions like this. So, yeah, no, true. I love that. Um, so how, so if someone wants to pursue a similar path of like building an app, mm-hmm. like what their first step should be and mm-hmm. like what big roadblocks to look out for. If someone wanted to start an app, what steps would they go through? Mm-hmm. Very first thing is you need to have an idea. Um, and then once you get that idea, then you need to validate it. Don't spend any money. The only money you're going to spend is time. It's time is money, but the only money you're going to spend is time, maybe five cents on a pencil and a piece of paper. Yeah. And you'll draw out you know a very rough sketch like if i was to draw out the you know if i was to open up my instagram app and just copy it down that's what you do of your own conceptualized app you know mm-hmm. right so you draw it out and you go up and you have to you have to grow grow a social pair of balls and you have to go up and start talking to people yeah um you know you have to very awkward conversations with some people people are just looking at you like why are you talking to me right now but you have to go <laughs> and say hey i have this idea before i spend any money into developing it i want to see if people actually want it and so, you know, you, you tell them, you get your pitch down, it'll, it'll kind of develop over time as you talk to more people, but then you have to make sure you have at least, for me, I wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have done FOMOS if I had anything less than like 65% of people saying that they wanted it. I had 70, conceptually 80% of people said they wanted it, you know, for mm-hmm. my validation, you know, with the conceptualized idea, like, yeah, I want that. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, and then when it push comes to shove and you're like, all right, we'll download it and then that's where kind of people, for some reason, pulling up a, pulling up the app store and downloading is like a labor. And they're like, ooh, I'll get around to it. I'm like, just pull it out. <laughs> people are so lazy, dude. Yeah, I know. Seriously. It's like I'm saying that in the nicest of ways. Oh, you no. Know? It's like they are just lazy now. It's 2019. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be mean. You're all lazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay because I'm lazy too. I'm, I'm part of that crowd too. I, I mean, we all are. And it's just like, you know, I relate to that because I, I did a poll, like I think at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. honestly, on Instagram that was, no, it was, yeah, the set was like November, December last year. I was like, would you guys think it's cool if I start a podcast? Mm-hmm. And everyone, ev- said yes, everyone right? it was like 96% yes. Yeah. And of like over 450 people like voted on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh, sick, you know? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I did a couple polls. Like, what do you want to see on this account? Mm-hmm. Do you want to see podcast stuff? Do you want to see pictures? Do you want to see beatbox videos? Mm-hmm. And it was pretty much like a, a toss up between uh, podcast and beatboxing. Mm-hmm. And then I released the podcast <laughs> and nobody freaking downloaded I know. the first like few months. I'm like, are you kidding Dude, me it's, right it's, now? It's, it's so annoying the way, because people are like, when yeah, they're like, conceptually everyone's like yeah that's great that's an awesome idea but then when you're like all right then it's such a simple <laughs> simple concept of pull out your phone go to the go to the podcast thing and download and you know i will say though i'm a little little brag a little sucking up to you i did download it the second that you i saw that you launched it i downloaded it right away oh thanks so man i, I downloaded I your subscribed. app too. hey there we go okay so yeah. yeah you validate the app once you get validation then you need to find someone who if you don't know how to code yourself and you're not willing to learn how to code then you need to find someone who knows how to code 
Um, I would say go out, go, steer clear the way of paying people. If you can at first, try to find someone who you could partner up with. And when you partner up with them, don't give them anything more than 25%. Um, cause if you're the business mind, you're, you're what's really going to make it succeed. You, you know, there's a dime a dozen developers, but there's only one you, you know, there's only one, one founder of the company, one, one brain, brain father, brain mother of the, <laughs> of the business. So don't give them, don't, don't go 50, 50 split. Um, especially with the developer, because then that makes it hard to where if you want to have future investments, then you guys have to talk about who gives up more and stuff like that. No, just give them a small amount. You give up your, give up your equity to more people as you get investments and stuff like that. But um, do that. And then if you can't find anyone who you can partner up with, then I literally did one little Facebook post going, hey, if you guys know anyone how to, uh, who knows how to code, all these foreigners just started flooding into my DMs on Facebook. Just, hey, um, I do coding in here. And, you know, do you... you, you there's so many coders and there's never enough work for them. So they always want to have more work. So yeah, uh, just find who, find someone who you feel, get a good gut feeling about. Um, for those in re- religiously inclined to say, pray about it a little bit. And then, um, yeah, so that's the steps. And then once you get the, once you get the app developed, market the crap out of it. You have to nonstop talk about it with everybody while you're developing it and everything like that. Cause that's going to create so many opportunities of so-and-so saying, saying, Hey, my friend does this, or my cousin does this, or you know, my uncle does this, and so always talk about it. So that's what I'd say. If you're going to start an app, validate, and validating is kind of part of the whole entire thing. That's kind of like a, that's kind of like the plate that every other little step goes on because you're always validating it to people, always getting people's opinions and talking about it, and then you know, find a developer, partner up, or pay someone, and then market, marketing, marketing, marketing. Yeah. Well, what I love about the idea of validating is you're just ensuring that it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And so some advice there too is like, don't be married to an idea mm-hmm. if oh, it's yeah. a terrible yeah, idea. That's true. So if you're not getting the validation and everyone's like, no, this sucks, then like, yeah, it's your idea. Yeah, it's your baby, but you need to start over. You exactly. Know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be married to an idea. That's a good thing too. Because like me, I pivoted. I had the dating app idea. And I was like, yeah, people like dating apps suck. They need to fix it with X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z. And I was pretty sold on that but then i saw no one cared and i was like all right cool well i like it but no one else does so okay (laughs) okay but yeah so if someone was to download the app steps that you go through go into the google play store or the app store type in type in fomos f-o-m-o-s stands for the fear of missing out solved it will be a aquatic blue i believe that's the actual technical name of the color you know aquatic blue with a white pineapple on there don't know why it's a pineapple just felt right uh, so I made it that <laughs> literally could not think of any other, you know, icon other than a, other than a light bulb. And that one's been done a trillion times. So I was like, have to make it something different. Something that's memorable. Kind of like, kind of like Snapchat or Twitter, you know, something that, where it's like something a little bit unique and memorable. Mm-hmm. I mean, both those, it makes sense why it's a bird because it's Twitter, it's a lot of short, sweet, yeah. you know, little tweets, you know, and then Snapchat, it makes sense. This ghost disappears. Um, pineapple doesn't make sense so hopefully one day it will hopefully someone will be like yeah it applies because of this reason i'm like sure we'll we'll adopt that all right um <laughs> but yeah so you go on there it's a aquatic blue icon with a, with a pineapple on there you download it we took off the facebook login feature because that was having some bugs and we'll bring it back one day but right now you just log in with your first last name and your phone number and your email address so that we can um we can send you updates or you know let you know if you've posted inappropriate content or anything like that so we can tell mm-hmm. you why we took it down or anything like that so right now there's not a flood of posts going on it's not like we're twitter or reddit or anything like that where there's trillions of posts happening every single second yeah but, you know you never know what people might try to post in the future so you gotta leave let them know like hey one more shot or else yeah. you're, we're banning you sorry you gotta so, start it off right yeah so that's that's the process pretty simple you go on there and then 
when you're on the app, it, we've formatted it to be very similar to, you know, Instagram, Facebook, everything like that. We tried to copy what's already worked, the general mm-hmm. format to where at the bottom, the bottom footer, um, footer, that's the word, um, the bottom toolbar down there to where you have like the settings notification bar, you have the homepage, and then you also have the bucket list feature to where if you save something, you go check out your bucket list, your pending and completed items. So, yeah. so right now we're, we're leaving it to be a general idea format. Um, and then once we get more users to where we have more higher concentration and higher concentrations of users across the world, mm-hmm. you know, in s- specific locations right now, we're, we're heavily in Provo. That's just because where, that's where I live. And so I've been able to get a lot of people there just, you know, verbally get them to download it. Um, but once we get a higher, higher amount of people worldwide doing it, then we'll start putting location stuff to where then you'll have, if I'm back home in Sacramento or in Orangeville, where I'm actually from, then at least at least 50 people in my area will have it. So I might see a few posts from people in my area rather than if I put the mile radius 10 miles out, right? As it is right now, probably I'll see maybe one, you know, one person who has it and who hasn't even posted yet. So it's like, yeah, kind of pointless right now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, then that's the thing too. You get a hundred downloads, you know, only 50 of those people make a profile and only, you know, 0.5 of those people. So one out of every hundred profiles made probably is someone who will post. And so, that's another thing, you know, so yeah, numbers, it's a numbers game for sure. Same thing here with the podcast. Uh, and I'm sure the analytics will get more advanced later as podcasts continue growing. Mm-hmm. But right now there's really not that legit of analytics mm-hmm. for podcasts. And so people say, how many listeners do you have? And I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Like, <laughs> all I know is the amount of downloads. Oh, really? And it doesn't show you what, like, how many episodes, like, what episode got the most amount of views or anything like that? Or on Apple specifically, mm-hmm. um, there's like a bar that shows you popularity. Mm-hmm. So, like, I know which ones ha- are the most popular episodes, but I think anyone can look at that. Yeah. Like, if you're yeah. in iTunes or whatever. I think I, yeah, I think even I can filter it. Yep. So, I can tell kind of like the popularity of each one. Uh, and obviously, I can go into my analytics and look at which one has the most downloads. But as far as actual listenership, I I don't know the number of listeners. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I remember the third one. Okay, perfect. Hit me with it. <laughs> uh, and that was like, like you said, you have a job too, mm-hmm. and you've got family, and you've got friends. So it's like, how how does one balance all that? We overcomplicate how much time we actually have. I think we always think we don't have time. We have so much freaking time. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, you know, twenty four hours a day times seven. Into the math there. <laughs> That's a lot of hours in a week, right? And so. You know, you sleep for eight hours. Let's just do the, I'll just do the math right now. We'll do a little calculator with everyone right here. 24 times seven, that's 168 hours in a week, right? And so you have 168 hours, mine, you know, and then what's eight times seven? You're, let's just say sleep, you know, eight times seven, that's mm-hmm. what? That's uh, 56, that's 56. Sure. Yeah, so <laughs> minus 56 from that. So then now 112 hours of when you're awake, at least, you know, partially awake. Sometimes you're droggy or you're falling asleep, whatever. But mm-hmm. 112 hours of when you're awake. Say you work 40 hours a week, minus 40. That's 72 hours right there. 72 hours right there of time when you're not working full-time and you're awake that you could be doing something else. So you have a time for another full-time job, theoretically. You know, a full-time job and a half, basically. And so there's so much stuff you can do. And then, if, I mean, if you have to sit down and watch Netflix for an hour uh, every day, then that's something that you need to sacrifice. There's stuff that we we prioritize and we say we have no time, but in reality, it's not that we have no time. It's that we don't care to make time for it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So that's just how it is in life. You always have, you have, people will make time. That's one thing I've learned like with dating, like when girls just say, Oh, I'm busy. I'm like, you're not too busy going to 
30 minute go get some jamba juice date like you're just not yeah. interested so cool like i don't take it personally i'm not going to mm-hmm. sh- keep trying yeah. and so everyone has time for what, what they want to make time for if you have no discipline on t- in time management is what you need to work on uh yeah. if you if you think you don't have time you have time it's just you have no discipline time you know? management and priorities mm-hmm. yep so and that's even saying if you get a full eight hours of sleep you have 72 hours i don't get a full eight, eight hours ever i get like five and so <laughs> Same. um i run better on five than i do on eight and then so i'm less tired throughout the day i found it's kind of weird what makes you feel most accomplished having a clear goal and then accomplishing it that's where i feel the most accomplished in life i didn't have a job before the job i have right now and so i was mm-hmm. kind of just aimlessly going to school and stuff like that and i didn't really see the purpose in school at the time so yeah i didn't have any purpose at all but now that I have a job, I have clear, I have clear money goals because it's part commission. So I have clear money goals that mm-hmm. I want to reach. So that's how I feel accomplished as well at my job. And then also with FOMOS, I have clear numerical goals as well. And then I just, you know, have those goals and I set plans to make those goals happen. So that's how cool. I feel the most accomplished. Clear goal, you know, and then you have a, a plan to get that goal. What qualities about your parents do you really love? My mom. So my, my dad passed away when I was seven. So, but it's actually pretty cool. Um, because since I was seven years old, you don't really think to have a deep relationship with your dad. So I didn't really know him that well, other than just mm-hmm. coming up and doing a little, a little like <laughs> thing on the <his> stomach, <laughs> you know, like other than the stupid stuff that little kids do. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty cool because seeing my drive for entrepreneurship right now, my dad dropped out of BYU as well, um, to start businesses cause he didn't like college. He thought mm-hmm. like college was pointless for him. Yeah. And so it's kind of funny how, like, even though I didn't know him and I don't really have a intellectual relationship with, with him at all. Um, I'm still, I still am like following him a little bit, you know, I still have a little bit of him, you know, part of that's part of me. So that's cool. Yeah. So I admire that my dad, the fact, because that's how the business that he started with my, with his brother, my uncle is what supported us. Even though he passed away, he was able to support us and we never really struggled for money. We never really had to like cut back or, you know, not use AC or anything like that. Like we had, I, I lived a decent life. I wasn't like rich by any means, but mm-hmm. you know, we lived a decent life because of the business he set up for us. So I admire him for being ambitious um and so it's actually might have been a good thing that he died at the time he did as well because he wanted to actually sell the family business and now it's actually <laughs> and it's what supported us so it's a good thing god's like nope nope you're done <laughs> your family's gonna need this <laughs> yeah you're, 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 your family's gonna need to eat so i'm gonna cut i'm gonna cut you off now before the until you, before you sell the business so and then my mom the, even though like i said we weren't rich i think i'm convinced my mom's a millionaire by how much money that she's tried to save over the time because mm-hmm. I know, I know that we had money, but my mom never like. If you looked at us, we didn't look rich at all. Because my mom mm-hmm. refused to spend any money. So yeah. I know how to save. I know how to finance and stuff like that. So what dream would you say you've for sure achieved, and what dreams do you still have yet to achieve? My dream growing up was to be a quarterback in high school, and so I achieved that. That was cool. Um, and in college, technically. Yeah, yeah, and in, <laughs> in college, yeah. But you no, know, so that was a big dream. That was a big dream of mine because. I worked really hard to make sure I was, I'm a more natural like runner, like just like a athlete in that sense. But mm-hmm. I, I worked really hard to make sure I knew I was like the most accurate I could be at throwing and everything like that. But yeah. Um, so that was one goal. And then what was, you, there was a part two to that question. You said what you still have yet to achieve, like a big one that you still want to reach. The big one that I want to achieve that I want to reach would be financial independence, not in the MLM, you know, pyramid scheme type of sense. I'm talking like, like the classic rich dad, poor dad um, book type of sense where you buy properties, you have, you have tenants, they pay you mm-hmm. money. So you're like a, you're a, you're a landlord on the side. So you always have money coming in to where you don't always ever have to stress. If you ever get in a really tight situation, then you, you sell a house that you own, you sell a property that you own or something like that. And so 
Um, that's kind of one of my big goals just to kind of make sure that um, we'll never financially be stressed at all. So, I mean, I was saying, like I said, not be a careless spender, but, you know, never have to like really cut back ever in life. If you could make one rule for everyone to follow, what rule would you make? Every day, people have to give 10% of their income to Peyton Wolfley. No, um, <laughs> no, uh, one rule. Every day. Every day. <laughs> Told you, dude, I don't want to have to, I don't want to ever be financially insecure. No. Um, <laughs> I'd say one rule that everyone had to follow I'd say integrity. That's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care if you're a bad person as long as you don't care about bad things happening to you. So, type of thing. Like, don't... People who give a little and expect a lot. I, th- I think everyone should have integrity. So, if you don't do any work, you shouldn't expect to be handed anything in life either. So, yeah. and I don't have perfect integrity, but I wish I did. And I, it's a big thing that I focus on. Just perfect, you know, treating others the way you want to be treated. Yeah. So, What's your favorite word? I served my mission in England, and so they mm-hmm. have a pretty wide vocabulary there. I, like, I don't know. I've been saying marvelous a lot lately. Marvelous. Uh, marvelous, spectacular, splendid. I say splendid a lot. Um, <laughs> like when people ask me how I'm doing, it's because, you know, you just got to change it up from saying just saying good. <laughs> right. Say something that makes them kind of, you know, think for a second. Oh, oh okay. How are you doing? Splendid. Peyton, how's it going, man? It's going, it's going pretty splendid, man. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just different. Favorite social media platform? I'd say Reddit. Reddit. Uh, yeah, nice. it's, yeah, it's got a good variety on there. Although it's pretty uh, politically leaning one way, that's not my way. But <laughs> um, I mean, overall, you, you can pick and choose which which um, which subreddits, you know, which categories you follow and stuff like that. Yeah. So I love it. I keep I keep up to date with. I'm a huge NFL fan, so you know, I keep up to date with all the NFL news. And Do stuff you have like. a fantasy team right now? No, I'm, this is my first year not doing fantasy. I'm tired of I'm tired of being happy when the teams I hate do good just because one player that I have on my team doing good. I want to just be if the Raiders win. I'm ecstatic and the Raiders lose. I'm sad. I don't want to, I don't want to be like, okay, they lost, but at least Patrick Mahomes went off on them. So I got some point. Like, I don't like, I want to, dude, I'm a Broncos fan. Oh dude, what the heck is this? Dude, we're I don't, family, man. No, not, we, I guess we're not family. Dude. Never, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, well, you got to remember I was born in Greeley. That makes sense. You're a local fan. I think people should be fans to the teams that are, they're, yeah. They at least grew up around. So that's why like, yeah. I'm a Raiders fan from Sacramento. So yeah, two hours okay. away. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. No, Denver is where I lived until I was, you know, until my parents split up and then we moved to Idaho. Mm-hmm. But um, okay. Favorite TV show? Right now I'm watching a show, Community. I love that show. It's a good show. That's I, l- I like how they change up like the the themes of the show, how they have like the, the paintball episodes where they go like Wild West or they go like, mm-hmm. um, or like, apocalyptic and it's all just on a on a stupid little community college it's funny i like that show I like that show i like the show chuck as well it's a good show or psych I, well, i've seen all of all three of those yeah yeah they're amazing shows oh and a psych it reminds me that psych is exactly what i thought of when i first saw your logo for yeah. FOMO. so i was like oh pineapple psych. dude pineapple is such a marketable thing no one's really like coined it as theirs yet it's kind of like a yeah. everyone's kind of free-for-all on that so i'm like yeah i'll try to Put a swoop in on that. <laughs> yeah. I have one more question for you since we were talking football. Okay, go ahead. How often do you get compared to Peyton Manning? I do it every day at work when people when I'm on the phone and people are like, <laughs> wait, what's your name? And they think I say like Hayden. I'm just like Peyton, like Peyton Manning. So I do it to myself, but um, I mean a lot more when I was playing quarterback. I was going to say you're, yeah. you're a quarterback. You look a, at least a little bit like yeah. him. And yeah, you were I got, quarterback. I got the receding hairline, so my forehead's getting big <laughs> like his. And so point when I when I played, it was a lot like him. 
Uh, yeah, well, not a lot. I didn't. I don't think I played anything like him. But you have the comparisons just because you know the yeah on paper I was a lot like him. So cool. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to get on the show? Yeah. Go download FOMOS, everybody. The more downloads you get, it means the more investment money I can get, and then that means more marketing and the better more, the app gets. Exactly. More people are posting on the app for you. So there you go. You'll have a better experience using it. So well, thanks, Payne, for being on the show with me. Yeah. No problem, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. This is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker K. Subscribe at parkerk.co.